Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk to one of our attorneys who's an expert in immigration law about those that are being kept out of America despite their religious beliefs and convictions and why that's happening, uh, what's changing, how it can impact you potentially in your travels if you have uh, sincere religious convictions against being jabbed with a COVID-19 vaccine, etc. So we're going to talk about some of those issues and some of our religious asylum cases as well, uh, dealing with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who've been persecuted from communist or Muslim countries, and they need a place to go. And we're going to talk about what we're doing specifically to help address these brothers and sisters in Christ and Jewish individuals uh, who are needing to uh, be protected. And I'm not going to, we're not talking about those who are just coming across the border to make more money. We're talking about individuals who are actually persecuted because of their Christian faith or Jewish faith from Muslim or communist countries. And that's a totally different ballgame, folks. We're going to talk about the difference there as well. Uh, but uh, first, I'd like to talk about what's happening in Arizona. And to help me do that, uh, we'd like to welcome you to the program, uh, the attorney who heads up the PJI office for Pacific Justice Institute, there in Arizona, none other than uh, Lynn Gore. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for having me, Brad. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. First, thank you for joining our team. Uh, you have a lot of expertise behind you. You're uh, an experienced litigator. And when, when you joined the PJI team, I was just ecstatic. And lo and behold, sure enough, we had a few cases there, but I understand you have about a, about a dozen cases in active litigation right now that you're handling uh, for PJI, and I just want to thank you for that. And uh, you started it and uh, up and running, and uh, you've been uh, sprinting ever since. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, you're sure welcome, and it, it's just uh, a real blessing to be able to assist these folks. A lot of them really had nowhere else to, to, to turn. They were uh, facing dire straits in their, uh, with their employers and it was really a blessing from God that I, I was able to come on board when I did, because a lot of these folks, if people don't know, you have a limited time to file a lot of these lawsuits. And those deadlines were coming up soon. So I got involved just in time to be able to get those lawsuits filed in a in a timely fashion. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're very important. You're right, because it, it breaks my heart when sometimes someone will call me or talk to me when I'm speaking somewhere and. Afterwards, they'll say, yeah, you know what, um, I, I've got this case, I think it's a good case, and I was you know, fired because of my religious convictions against not being jabbed with, which, with something that we now know, medically speaking, actually is extremely controversial and can have serious and fatal uh, ramifications. Uh, but they say, you know, uh, you know I, I, I had convictions, and I'll ask them, I'll say, well, okay, how long ago, how long were you fired? You know, how long ago was this? They say, oh, two years ago, year and a half ago, and it just breaks my heart because oftentimes their statute of limitations has expired for them to be able to move ahead. 
Yeah, that, that, that's very true. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't know their rights as they're going through the process. Uh, in Arizona, you have 180 days to file a complaint with the Civil Rights Division of the Attorney General's Office. You only have 300 days to file a complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. If you don't do one of those things, uh, then you you will not have a, a, a right to sue later on. So it's, it's, it's really a, a short fuse and just people are unaware of it, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's it just it's sad. But the good news is that if they do contact us, and that's the key, uh, we're there. And on our website, we have tremendous empowering information, 48-page uh, plus, or it's, it's more than that now, Q&As dealing with the vaccine mandates, your rights, what you can do, what you, know, what you need to do, what you shouldn't do, et cetera. So I encourage people, if they're in that situation, where they're wondering, having questions about there's, you know, they're being fired or maybe being fired, they should go to that website, pji.org, take a look at our resources. And if they've been fired in particular, they need to contact us immediately. If they think they're about to be fired or they're thinking about quitting, which we usually don't recommend, uh, that's legally a little more difficult uh, to deal with. But at any rate, they should contact us. And then our website's a great way to do it, pji.org. Now, Lynn... You're in Arizona. That's a state that's had a lot of controversy recently, uh, especially dealing with the election, et cetera. What's, what's going on? What's the, what's the latest update on Arizona? What's happening there? Well, I think, generally speaking, not a lot has changed. Um, uh, we do have a new governor. And I think that, for the most part, the, uh, because of the way our legislature is uh, comprised, there's not a lot of controversial issues that are being brought up this session, which uh, is very fortunate. So we don't have a lot of bills to talk about that are affecting uh, parents' rights or or things like that. It's it's been a relatively uneventful legislative session. So uh, we're very fortunate in that respect. For Senate and. Uh, and uh, she alleged that there was, uh, you know, fraud. I had a lot of evidence of it. But is is she um, is she continuing on with that challenge? Is that over? And is she planning on running for office again in another capacity per, for another race? Uh, you, you're talking about Carrie Lake. Yeah, actually, I guess she ran for governor. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, right. So she she did run for governor. My understanding is that her appeals are over. I think that case is done. Uh, she's a very dynamic personality, whatever else you think of her. Um, and she may very well run again f for uh, one of those offices. Uh, that would not surprise me at all. Um, okay. Probably second this time around probably would be my guess. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She is, she's very dynamic. She's a great communicator, great speaker, um, very sharp, very bright. So I would, I would, I would not, uh, you know, just uh, close the door on her in, in her future. But as far as monitoring, I think uh, I think we're going to see her again in uh, some public uh, service capacity. That's my speculation. We'll see what happens. Um, now, the last time you were on the show, uh, you spoke on a case involving a local school district in Phoenix. So, do you have any updates on this uh, school district in Phoenix that had something uh, had a, a bone to you know to uh, to grind, if you will, uh, with uh, Christians working for the school districts from a certain Christian university. Uh, right, there is there is an update on that case, and just to remind everybody, 
That in case involved uh, a local school district that uh, the board went out of their way to ban uh, student teachers. Uh, now these were these are uh, university students who, uh, in order to get your teacher certification, you have to to uh, actually practice teaching on, uh, in schools. So these student teachers for years had worked for the school district from uh, Arizona Christian University without any problems, but members of the board, uh, out of what appears to be spite and animus towards Christian specifically and Arizona Christian University, uh, just banned uh, any cooperation with that university whatsoever. Um, they were able to, they filed a lawsuit for discrimination against the school district, and um, pretty quickly the parties were able to reach a settlement because it was so obvious uh, and obviously and blatantly illegal what they did uh, that I think they came to their senses pretty quickly. So that's a good that's good news. Yeah, it's very good news. What I thought was really peculiar about this was just how blatant they were on their bigotry and hostility towards uh, this Christian university, Arizona Christian University and uh, student teachers that were coming from that university and the school district, just being very blatant about it. I mean, they didn't, they didn't say, you know, uh, we just think we should have uh, teachers uh, interning from uh, you know, the uh, public university over here. They were saying, no, we don't want them from Arizona Christian University because we don't agree with their beliefs, basically. That's correct, yeah. It, yeah, we don't want Christians, <laughs> we don't want Christian student teachers uh, in our schools, which is very strange because a number of those student teachers after graduation then became employed as teachers for that exact same school district. Uh, and of course, they're wonderful, wonderful teachers. And so there was really no, there had never been any problems with any of those student teachers or the teachers that they hired. And it was just clearly uh, viewpoint discrimination, for sure. Yeah. Title Seven. many people know that, Civil Rights Act Title Seven. They often think of that in terms of people who are fired wrongfully. We have lots of those cases because of their faith. But it also deals with hiring, and that applies to situations like this where the government says, no, we're not going to hire you because you came from a religious institution that's just bigotry. It's it's open hostility, and the fact that we're at where we are in our society today, that governments and governmental entities like this school bill, school board, is so adamant and just flagrantly open about their bigotry against Christians, it's very indicative, I think, of where we are. This wasn't like a mistake, like oh golly gee, we forgot to put you know Arizona Christian University on our list of places to to hire from. This was a blatant, hostile act against them because of their Christian faith. This should be an alarm bell uh, to our society because we're seeing more and more of this just blatant hostility and bigotry uh, rearing its ugly head. So I just want to encourage people out there, you know, we, we at Pacific Justice Institute, folks, we have offices uh, in 24 states, 31 offices in 24 states. Uh, right now we're talking to our attorney out of our Arizona office, but if you need assistance in this regard uh, in terms of being fired because of your faith or not being hired because of your faith, uh, discriminated because of your faith, please contact us. We don't just cherry pick a few high profile cases. We really work hard to make sure that everyone gets help, that no one's left on the side of the road. That's very unique, folks. And I want you to know that we're here to serve you and to help you all across the country. 
We've got a, a large footprint to do it by God's grace. So don't hesitate to contact us if you have something like this happening to you. Uh, God bless you, Lynn, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate that. Have a great day. You too. At PJI, we exist to serve everyone in need of counsel, representation, and defense of their religious liberties, parental rights, and the sanctity of life. We don't take cases based on how high profile they are. We are workhorses, not show horses. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Welcome back. You know, folks, before we talk about the asylum cases and some of the restrictions involving vaccines, etc., it's important for us to not ignore the big elephant in the middle of the room when we go shopping, we go to downtown areas, and we see stores like Target and now Kohl's, even Walmart, openly, flagrantly uh, pushing material about LGBTQ, quote, pride in our face, and in the face of little children. Selling materials, little rainbow outfits for little children, books, little children's books, uh, encouraging them to consider changing their gender, that God may have made a mistake. It's sick. It's harmful. It's dangerous. And stores like Target, they need to be held accountable. Kohl's need to be held accountable. Just found out an article from Walmart. Apparently, this propaganda has been slated to go in their stores, some 15, 1,600 stores across the country. Uh, hopefully, Walmart will change their mind when they see what's happening to Target. Um, but we need to, to do a couple things. One, I'm going to encourage you, do not shop at these stores. Find other places to shop. Maybe there are more little incidental boutiques you may have to go to four or five different places to get all that you need instead of one big superstore like a Target or a Kohl's. But uh, we need to vote with our, our dollar. Do not give them that business. God sees us in all that we do, and we give them business. We're financially voting in favor of it, and the sin is on our hands. Remember this. Second, uh, speak up. Pick up the phone. And call and let them know. Hey, I just want you to know why I'm not doing business with you anymore. Or if you have the, the time, walk into the store and just, I'd like to talk to your manager. Yeah, you know, I've been walk, shopping here at Target a long time. I just want to let you know that I will no longer be shopping ever here at Target as long as you are continuing to promote this, this harmful material for little children. This is very important. So speak up. Vote with your dollar and encourage your church and your pastor to speak up as well. Their silence is deafening when it comes to these issues that are impacting children. The love of Christ compels us not to be silent. And if we're silent, it says something, I, to my, in my opinion, about whether we've lost our first love. And are we really acting like disciples of Jesus, which is to do all that he's commanded us, which includes not negating to speak up against that which we know is harmful and targeting little children to their demise. Okay, now that I got that off my chest, I'd like to bring with us now PJI affiliate attorney, Whitney Webster. Whitney, thank you to the program. I, I appreciate uh, your patience. 
I had to, I had to mention that, get that off my chest, because um, I just, uh, we, we've got to do something about this, this kind of outrageous uh, abuse, abuse of public trust that uh, that we see taking place. So thank you for joining the, to the to the program, and um, you're you're very busy dealing with a number of issues involving the vaccine mandates and requirements uh, for people who want to live in the United States, travel, or people want to travel to the United States. Uh, this has been a, 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 a huge burden for a number of people who have not been vaccinated for religious reasons. Um, what's the status of vaccine uh, travel requirements U.S. and specifically, what is the current status on the U.S. travel ban for the unvaccinated? What's going on? So thankfully, we've been talking about this, I know, several times on Brad Dickus Live, and I'm glad to report that as of this month, the travel ban was is lifted now. So this is for temporary workers, temporary travelers who are receiving these visas to come into the United States temporarily. So that that's different than the green card process. So for those who are wanting to stay in the United States permanently, become citizens eventually, but um, at least for temporary travelers, or they're called non-immigrants, the travel ban is now finally lifted. Okay, that's, uh, that's great. So right now, if people are coming in, they don't have to be vaxxed in order to come in the United States. Um, that's good. Oh, and of course, that's been... Um, you know, already not required for the millions pouring across the border. <laughs> uh, that's another topic we won't, we won't have to go there today, but it's uh, the hypocrisy is just deafening. What does this mean also for, for people trying to stay in the United States permanently, like those who are like applying for a green card? Uh, any change there, and does this have an impact on them? So it, that has not changed. And I think uh, for listeners, it's easy to confuse those two. So travel ban, you know, people that are flying in for visiting family, for example, or, or international students, they're coming to study at colleges here, temporary workers. That's what we're talking about. when we talk about the travel ban. The green card, though, there is a long list of vaccines that are required in order to get a green card. So there's a medical examination um, that the immigrants have to go to what's called a civil surgeon. So a special immigrant doctor, make sure that they're healthy, not bringing certain diseases into the United States. But there is a long list of vaccines that have been required. So this is nothing new. But what's new is that the COVID-19 vaccine was added to that long list of vaccines that are already required. So I don't foresee that changing at all, if or, you know, if ever. I don't think that that will, will change. But thankfully, for the green card process, there is what's called a 601 waiver for those who have religious objections to all vaccinations. Okay, so even though science is now saying people maybe shouldn't be vaxxed, even though most of the people, overall majority, more than 9 out of 10 of those in the hospitals are suffering from a COVID, a vac a COVID virus or uh, you know, mutated version uh, are people who are vaxxed, not the non-vaxxed, but were vaxxed. They're still requiring something that we see is now a, a medical uh, Trojan horse in terms of mitocarditis, uh, neurological issues, immune issues. Uh, even some are pointing to the, the recent spike in cancer, cancer deaths in this country that are now spiking up upward. Despite that, they're still saying, oh, you, this is still required. And you think there's a good chance they're just going to keep it on that list, to, you know, no matter what happens, or no matter what science shows. Um, I think that's very concerning. Now, that, a lot of this is, is a result of the administration, right? So 
let's say after 2024, we have a different administration. Would that potentially, maybe a different Senate, perhaps, would that potentially impact these policies? Uh, these, don't, these don't have to be set in stone. The Constitution doesn't require these. These can be changed legislatively via executive order. What say you? I have seen there have been um, at least one vaccine I've read about that was removed from the list. So it was a vaccine, I believe, that only affected women. And so there was an argument made that that should not be required for, you know, it discriminated or for whatever reason, they ended up taking that vaccine off the list. So it is possible that it could be taken off. My understanding is that the, the vaccine is more they're looking at the CDC. So I don't know. You know, if a different administration, if that would change that, um, what do you think, Brad? I mean, do you think that the government would potentially come to the point where they would admit? I mean, we've had years of the government really pushing this vaccine. So I don't know. It would have to be basically a, a 180, I think, for yeah. them to be able to, to argue to take it off. Yeah. If you had someone in the White House with the gumption and the grit to do a 180, I, I think that's a possibility. <laughs> I just, I'm not gonna go there as far as politics, but I personally think it's a possibility uh, that we could have someone with that kind of a grit and gumption to, to move on that. And then also, I think, depending on what happens with the House and the Senate in the next election, I think we may even see legislation addressing it. But the reality is we have to just, we have to deal with what we've got. We have to you know, deal with what's been served to us. And right now what's served to us is the fact that if you're, Applying for a green card, you're trying to stay in America, you have to be vaxxed with the con not just with the traditional vaccines, but also with the controversial COVID-19 vaccines. And even if, let's say, someone is vaxxed and they have an allergic reaction, then they get the booster and it gets even worse. I mean, this doesn't give any accommodation much, does it? I mean, bottom there line, is. right? Uh, yeah. So for the COVID-19 vaccine, for the, the, those who are applying for a green card, there is a medical exemption as well. So PGI, of course, only helps with the religious exemption. There is a medical exemption. It's not a separate waiver. That would be something that the civil surgeon, the doctor would sign off on. Um, and they can do that at the, the medical exam. But I personally have never heard of a civil surgeon signing off to say that they don't need the COVID vaccine. So that okay. would be very rare. I've never heard of that happening, but it technically could happen. So an, uh, a 601 waiver is basically dealing with those with religious exemptions, right? Religious yes. convictions. Okay. And religious. Uh, does it cost money for people to file for a 601 waiver? Yes, it's quite expensive. So it's $930 in the filing fees to apply for this. And as you can imagine, too, if the waiver's denied, that means that their green card will also be denied. So for people who are applying for um, family-based green cards, like say, for example, they're married to a U.S. citizen and have children here and they're um, you know, applying for a green card, or there's a lot of different scenarios of, of people who are applying for green cards. It can really cause a lot of stress and anxiety for people that are having to make that choice and risk potentially, you know, having to move to another country, their family being separated over uh, the vaccine. So it is it is a big decision for people. Yeah. Over a vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, that is now no longer required by the government and in, in other fear, uh, spheres, uh, something that has shown itself not to be as effective as a natural immunity. And if they just showed that they had a natural immunity, uh, that's that's nowhere in the statute, is it? So even though science shows your natural immunity is better than the vaccine, 
Um, we're not going to look at science. We're going to be illogical. We're going to push this on people who are trying to be here legally and legally work with a green card in compliance with the laws. And yet we're allowing people to flood across our borders uh, with no vaccines. Uh, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, concerning. Uh, now, PJI is also involved in these religious asylum cases. And I want to address that if we can now, because I know many people have, have been watching uh, us and our work in this regard. Uh, we stepped up to do this because couldn't, I couldn't find anyone else willing to take on these cases. I thought, surely there's someone else out there on a national scope that's helping uh, Jews and Christians being persecuted in Muslim and radical Muslim or communist countries who are seeking religious asylum and not wanting to be sent back to where they could, would likely be killed, not just persecuted, but killed. Um, does PJ have any updates on any religious asylum cases that you're working on right now? Yeah, so we worked um, for many years, even before Russia invaded Ukraine again in, in the war, the current war that's going on right now. Great, great. Well, there. Whitney, thank you so much. Keep up the great work and God bless you. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at PJI.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. <laughs>